Now, today's episode is a little bit different. I sent out an email to my list of nearly 18,000 restaurant owners and operators, and I said, I want to do something different on the show. Over the course of 2023, I'm going to host a couple of live coaching sessions on the show. Does anybody want to appear? And to my very great surprise uh, and excitement, I got a bunch of responses. The very first response I got back was from Don Skeet. So Don runs a place, a restaurant in Red Hook, Brooklyn called Jamet Bistro. It's Caribbean food. And as you'll hear, uh, her, her story is not unusual, not unlike what many of you guys are dealing with. Her story about starting a business in 2018, building that business only to see the rug get pulled out from under her during the pandemic, then her having to reinvent rediscover what her business is and could be to the community over the pandemic and now in this totally new normal. And specifically, she's trying to grow her catering business because she's done it simply by uh, building ties with the community. But uh, over the course of this coaching call, as you'll hear, uh, we come across this, we discover what the problem is, and we, we give concrete, actionable, tangible steps that she can take to improve the bottom line in her restaurant. Wait till you see. I think it's an incredible episode today of the Restaurant Strategy podcast. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Tuning in, my name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. We cover marketing operations and, and everything in between. Each week, I leverage my 20 plus years in the industry to help you build that more profitable and more sustainable business. I also work directly with operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. What are the three P's? They stand for profit process and progress. They are our core values, the foundation for everything I believe in. And again, it all begins with profit. So if you've got a busy restaurant, but are struggling to generate consistent, predictable profit, then you could be a perfect candidate. I urge you to set up a free 30 minute strategy session with me. I'll get to learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll get to ask some questions about the program and to see if you're a good fit for the program. The best way to get started is to visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Again, the call is absolutely free and we're going to talk all about profit and what profit means to you because profit quite literally is the only thing that matters in your business. Once you have a profitable restaurant, you can talk about growing that restaurant or stepping away from your restaurant or even just coming in to dine at your restaurant instead of busting tables or having to jump behind the line. So if you don't know what uh, coaching is, uh, how it works or, or why it works, hop on a call. Let me tell you uh, about some of the impact that we've made. Again, schedule a free call by visiting uh, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. As always, you will find that link in the show notes. Now, Thousands of restaurants across the country use Kickfin to send instant cashless tip payouts directly to their employees' bank accounts the second their shift ends. It's a really simple solution to a really big problem. Because let's face it, paying out cash tips to your workers day after day, shift after shift, is kind of a nightmare. Tedious tip distribution takes managers away from work that matters. It's hard to track payments, which leads to accounting and compliance headaches. Plus, cash tip-outs create the perfect opportunity for theft. And guess what? There's never enough cash on hand to actually pay out those tips, so managers are constantly having to make bank runs. 
Bottom line, there's never been a secure, efficient way to chip out until now. Meet Kickfin. Kickfin is an easy-to-use software that sends real-time cashless tip payouts straight to your employees' bank accounts 24-7, 365 days a year. Tipping out with Kickfin gives managers and operators hours back in their day. It makes reporting a breeze and protects your business from mistakes and theft. And guess what? Employees love it, so it becomes a great recruiting tool. Best of all, restaurants can have Kickfin up and running overnight. Employees can enroll in seconds, no hardware, no contracts, no setup fees. Get in touch today for a personalized demo and see how restaurants and bars across the country are tipping out with Kickfin. Simply visit kickfin.com slash demo. That link is also in the show notes. So on today's episode, as I said at the top, we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, as many of you know, I am a coach. I work with restaurant owners uh, and operators really all over the world. And still, for many restaurant owners, many of the people I talk with, um, when I go out to conventions and expos and trade shows and I explain what I do, it's still foreign to them. I don't think they understand what it is or, or the power, that the impact that coaching can have. And yet, the best athletes in the world have coaches, the best um, executives, some of the biggest companies in the world all have coaches. And I honestly believe, why not us? That's how I felt a couple years ago when I got my own coach and I still felt like a fraud when I did it because I just thought, I'm not important enough to have it. But, uh, but it did, it made a huge difference uh, in my life and in the impact that I'm able to make uh, with the different restaurant owners that I work with. All of that is a preamble to say um, we're doing something different today. So I'm joined today uh, by Don Skeet. Don is the owner of Jam Bistro in Red Hook, Brooklyn, uh, right in my old stomping grounds. And we're going to do a little bit of a coaching call uh, on here, so about 45 minutes, and see if we can't figure out what's going on, see if we can't give her some action to take forward. Before we get to any of that, uh, I got to welcome Don. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. My pleasure. So this is how I always start my calls. I say, uh, tell me a little bit about you. Tell me a little bit about your restaurant. When when did it open? How long has it been going? What kind of food? Give me some context and therefore give the listeners some context. Yes. So my name is Dawn Skeed and I worked for a number of years at TIAA CREF. Um, as a management consultant in my last capacity there. The company wanted to move to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I did not want to make that move. My family has been in the restaurant business in New York for a number of years. So me with my smart self, I'm a second generation Jamaican here in, in the United States, went to college. I said, you know what? Here is my opportunity to join with the family and make use of the education that they afforded me by doing the work that they do. Yeah. Little did I know that's the <laughs> biggest mistake. <laughs> an immigrant mother or an aunt or an uncle, they have their own ideas and vision of what it is that they want to accomplish by opening a restaurant. For them, opening the restaurant was a way for them to provide for their family, for them to be able to send us to school, for them to be able to pay their rent. And they did that business based on how they saw it in Jamaica. So let me just give you a one minute background. In Jamaica, we have these little cook shops, we call them, on the street corners, or people are cooking on the street side. Okay. 
That's their business. That's how they make their money. That's how they make a living for themselves. My grandfather was a butcher and he owned a little grocery store. So he was the big guy in that community. So I think from that, my family has uh, been born into a family of entrepreneurship and they did yep. it the way they knew how. So here we are now, fast forward, it was what, 2004, and I left corporate America and I said, let me do my own thing. At that time, my husband had opened up a small restaurant for him, it was just a hobby because that's something that my family do. And I went in with my snobby self <laughs> as a management consultant saying, I can tell them what to do, how to do, when to do. So we can move out of the mom and pop landscape and build a business. You know, yeah. little did I know it was easier said than done. Yeah. Um, for a number of different reasons. They're your elders. They're not going to listen to you because yeah. they know more. They're older, you know, um, coming from that generation. And the other thing was just because you have your education, you think you can tell me how to do this job? <laughs> <laughs> so those are just some of the obstacles that we came up against. Yeah. Um, in 2016, I got frustrated because I felt I could have done more. I could have done more to take us out of, again, the mom and pop small business arena and move us forward and grow it now, not just a restaurant to provide, you know, education and pay your bills, but more to be a business within the community working yeah. with the community, contributing to the community, and also having the community support you. Um, so what I did, I ended up in Red Hook, Brooklyn. I rented that space because my uncle knew the owner of that building. But when I got there, I saw that there was no foot traffic at all. And I said to my uncle, I don't think this is going to work. Not for Jamaican food, not in this neighborhood. There's no foot traffic. There's no Jamaicans living here. It's all white folks. It's all um, black American. <laughs> it's all Spanish. There's no Jamaicans. There's no Caribbean. Um, and he says, Dawn, if I know you, you will make it work. Now, um, so that was 2019. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2019. And... Uh, Within the first three months, we did very well. People were flying out of wh whatever corner they were in, and they welcomed us to Red Hook, Brooklyn. They yeah. were happy that it was a Black-owned restaurant, that it was a Caribbean restaurant in Red Hook, Brooklyn. You know Brooklyn, so you know where I'm talking about. Yeah. It's that yeah. little small enclave, one way in, one way out. There's yeah. no <laughs> pedestrians walking on the street. So I said to myself, this will work. It's, it's given me the opportunity to rebrand Jamaican food. It's given me the opportunity to take the food that I grew up on. I've been living here since 1974. So I grew up on eating spaghetti and meatball, mac and cheese, um, Chinese food, along with my Caribbean food. So I said, let me take this opportunity to fuse those cuisine and come up with something that's still reminiscent of my culture and the new culture that I've adopted by living here with yeah. the flavors of the Caribbean and yep. see how, it, how that would work. 
And um, so we created the menu that was reflective of that. And it, it was working. It was working until one day this ugly lady came along, COVID-19, and yes. introduced herself. <laughs> I think all the listeners know this well. I want to pause for one second just to give the listeners some context uh, mm-hmm. because um, – because uh, maybe they don't know the landscape of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So Brooklyn is obviously a huge borough. It's a big part of New York City. But Red Hook, this neighborhood uh, that Don's talking about where uh, where the restaurant is at, is a very unusual little corner. Very. It's in the southwest yeah. corner of Brooklyn. And it is really cut off more so than just about any other yes. corner of the area. So when I lived in Brooklyn, I lived over in Midwood. And so I'm near Ditmas Park and East Flatbush and Crown Heights. Plenty of Caribbean food over there. It's a, there's right. a huge, huge population there. But from there, where I was in Brooklyn to get over to Red Hook, uh, there's no there's no trains. You got to take two trains and a bus to to get there, and then and, walk <laughs> and then and then walk ten or fifteen minutes. Um, it's a really uh, it's becoming really diverse and it's really gentrified over the last ten or yes. fifteen years. Yes. You're certainly. Yes. Um, can attest to that, um, but it is it is sort of naturally now a very diverse area. There's a lot going on. It's it's a very like rich culturally, like d- different kinds and of restaurants art. and and arts, yeah, art studios and a lot of like event spaces and and sort of it's a really cool area. But to your point, it does lack uh, foot traffic. Um, it's not like people are just sort of walking around, going from one place to another. It's a destination. You're either yeah. going there because you live there, or you're working there, or you're going to dine there. Not so much where you're just walking around saying, hey, let's grab some food on the way from the exactly. subway back home. Exactly. So I just wanted to give some context there because like anything else, like any city, a neighborhood um, has its own identity and Red Hook certainly has its own identity. And you brought it up. So I wanted to just make sure to mm-hmm. that people could sort of visualize it. It's a, it's a very unique corner of the city. Yes. Talk to me about this lovely lady, COVID-19. <laughs> so when she came... Um, it was for me now, what am I going to do? Do I close up and just call it a day or do I stay and fight? No one knew what the next day was going to bring. Yep. So I decided to stay and we saw an increase in the online orders coming in. We saw people asking for um, us to to let them feel confident that we're taking all care in ensuring that their food is not contaminated. We, you understand? Um, yeah. It got to the point where one young lady called me and she says to me, please, I am pregnant. Please make sure you wash your hands and wear your gloves. And we did just that. We videotaped how yeah. we <laughs> and prepared her food. And Do you remember how we all did that? We yes. all did that. Yes. It's- and send yeah. it off to her and she was so happy she called back and so on and so forth but the lessons that i got out of uh, this woman appearing is that world central kitchen came in and they hired me to prepare 200 plates every day yeah pack it and distribute it free so um that's what we did and what I learned from that is how to prepare food in bulk okay. within a tight time frame, individually package those food, 
and get them out within the time frame that was required. That was one of the biggest lessons that I got out of COVID. Now let's fast forward. What has happened is that now I am seen as a restaurant that does individual plate catering. So over the last couple of months, the catering business has picked up since the beginning of February, at least for me. Yeah. And maybe 80% of those jobs is individually packaged plates they want. Yeah. Tuesday, we just did 225 plates that had to be out of the restaurant by 10 o'clock. It's the lessons that I got out of COVID that enables us to do that. You know, foot traffic is not there. So at the same time, it also, um, you know, uh, give us the landscape now to begin to think about, okay, how now can you grow the restaurant? Given the limitations. So we no longer need to have that foot traffic anymore uh, uh, because everything is so automated. Uh, We have different... um, delivery apps now, you know, so you your food can now get to anybody anywhere they are if they're right. willing to pay the delivery fee. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that, I do. that's where so when I saw when I saw your um email, I was like, oh my God, let me get with this guy because I need to understand what I'm doing. Yeah. And how to connect the dots. Yeah. To, to 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 no longer rely on foot traffic. So let's so yeah. So let's let's get into it. And the the email that Dawn's uh, referring to is via my email list. So uh, if anybody's listening here and they're not already on my email list, uh, go to restaurantstrategypodcast.com. There are a couple of different opt-ins. Uh, specifically, there's a couple of ebooks that I give away. That's how. Uh, you can get onto my list and you can, you know, I let people know when new episodes are coming out and, and other things that are going on. And what I did is I wrote to the list and there's, I don't know, maybe almost 16,000 people on the list at this point mm-hmm. from different listeners and, and all of that. And I said, hey, I want to try something different on the show. I want to uh, I want to do some coaching, you know, over the air. And if you think that would be valuable, it's basically, a, you know, free hour long coaching call and we'll record it and put it out to the world because if you have problems, this is what I find, especially doing the group uh, coaching that I do, if you have a, a problem with something, inevitably somebody else listening will also right. have a the same or at least a similar problem. So Don wrote back and, and said, yeah, let's do it. I, you know, I, I wanna work through some stuff. So talk to me about where the business is right now. One of the first questions I always ask, and so I'm gonna ask you, talk to me about profitability, about how much revenue are you generating on a monthly basis? You can give me rough because I know it's there's seasonality to it, but how, how much business are you doing at Jam at Bistro? All right, so um, the last year was very bad for us. That was 2022. Okay. Because we did, we decided that we wanted to go into the cloud kitchen thing. Yeah. Because we thought that would help to increase the revenue because as you know coming out of covid after world central kitchen left sales really sank because there was no there was you know nobody trusted what they were getting um you know it just made 
being staying open very difficult so the sales was dismal we yep. did get the eidl money um some money from the eidl and we said okay let's look at a more popular area like the utica avenue area mm -hmm. and if we did the cloud kitchen over there that should bring us money where we can now go back to the brick the brick and mortar which is on in red hook and really build that back up it didn't work Okay. We lost our shirt in that cloud kitchen. Um, what I can say, though, is in terms of numbers, so last year was very bad. Starting January of this year and February, I made $38,000 in catering in the month of February. Yeah, great. I was floored. And I believe a part of that came from uh, one of the platforms that we work with did a feature on us and sent that out into the social media landscape and yeah. catering blew up for us. Yep. Um, and, and, and I guess everything just happened at the same time with your stuff coming in. I'm saying, okay, maybe catering is the route that we need to take, but how do I do this? And, or maybe we do a hybrid, maybe we do catering and we also do, you know, our own online brand. Um, a part of what you said before in terms of uh, Red Hook being a destination, people have to want to come there for a reason so yep. what we did as a part of the cloud kitchen concept we developed our own burger brand and wing brand and uh, now is to say okay it didn't work on utica avenue how can we now use that as a draw for people to come to us in red hook while at the same time doing the catering because yep. catering, catering has now become uh has now become the vehicle by which we can keep the doors open yep. if we continue to get this volume of catering while we build the, the, the virtual brand of the burger and the fries to get people to come. I in. understand. So, mm -hmm. talk, so $38,000 in catering, you mm -hmm. attribute at least a, a, a significant portion of that to the feature that was done on you. What's a typical, um, how much revenue typically will you do in catering in a, in a given month? We can do anywhere between ten to fifteen thousand dollars before okay. that. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty typical, like ten to fifteen thousand. And mm -hmm. in March so far, so we're recording this in the middle of March. Yeah. Right. So, are, so is it still continuing from is the February surge still continuing or no, is it, has it I think we're at eighty percent right now for March because what we've been seeing is some of the orders that we've gotten in February have become repeat orders in Great. March. So what Great. I find is that we're really servicing a lot of the small, well, we're really, we've been really doing a lot of small lunches to companies in Manhattan. We've been getting a lot of Manhattan deliveries. Wow, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So talk to me then about the other piece of the business, because this is all, you know, it's all together. It's right. multiple revenue streams, but it all goes into one, one big bucket at the end. So talk to me about, we'll call it the retail or the, yeah. The so, person comes in or person orders, how much revenue a month is typically generated from that side of the business? Okay, so that side of the business has dropped tremendously. We're making probably maybe 10, and it can be anywhere between 10 to 20,000 a month on what I would call the retail or the foot traffic. Um, and 
that has to do with coming out of COVID. It has to do with people not knowing whether we're open or not. Um, during COVID, we had to reduce time, you know, open and closing hours. We had to reduce the menu to some degree because you prepare the food, but nobody comes in. The food get wasted. That's money down the drain. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's right now, it's, it's, it's not where it's supposed to be for a number of reasons because of coming out of COVID and trying to rebrand yourself, you know. Um, yep. So... It's it's not a good time to say what the numbers are like because we're it's in such a flux. That's <laughs> why I, we're, but that's why, and that's why we're here. And it really right. just helps me get a sense of sort of sort of where things are at. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So, right. okay, so that but that business has dropped off precipitously over the last year. Was Two so years. COVID. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in the beginning of COVID, it sort of surges. Things are going great because everyone's ordering out. Right. And then as people are going back to normal, that is dropping. Yes, But yes. the catering that you sort of figured out over COVID mm -hmm. has main, has sort of maintained. Right. Am I understanding so that right? Yeah, you're saying it right. Um, 2020, COVID died. Yep. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 2020, catering died. Yep. Right. 2021, it... It was coming back. Yep. So, for example, um, 2021, I made $18,000 for the entire year off of one platform, catering yeah. platform, right? Yeah. yeah. And 2022, I made twice that amount on that platform. Yeah. So, you can see it, it it's growing. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, then let's talk to it. So, again, I'm now I need to understand the profitability. So, are you guys profitable at the revenue levels where you're at? Are you at break even? Are you at a loss? Talk to me about right just now, the health of the business. Yes, right now we're operating at a loss. Okay, so mm -hmm. you're having to dig into your pocket every month to yes. sort of to put yes. in. Okay, so we gotta we gotta write the ship. Yes. Talk to me about so right now you don't have that other cloud kitchen over in Utica Avenue, no, we, just I, the one location. Yes, just the brick and mortar. Talk yes. to me about. So what is your what is your rent at that location? Uh I'm giving him $5,000 a month. Okay. And how many are there seats there in the place or is it all just pretty mm -hmm. much pick up take out? No. How many seats? We have maybe about 8 seats, 8 to 10 seats. Right. And so the this concept is still sort of, you know, this this whole idea this very sort of Jamaican concept, mm -hmm. right? It's Yes. So really a couple seats in there, but for the most part, most of your business is takeout and delivery and or yes. catering. Yes. People, yes. Most of the people aren't sitting and eating there. They're, they're no. ordering ahead, picking it up, or they're getting right. it delivered, or they're coming in, ordering and taking it somewhere else. Okay. Right. Um, great. So I'm, uh, I'm making notes and I'm writing down here. So right now you're doing give or take. I mean, I'm just... Somewhere between like thirty thousand dollars a month in revenue. Yes. yes. Great. Yeah. So, and the rule of thumb that I typically go with for uh, for the rent number, and, and certainly it's different, and you'll get different people have different things. But I always like to say I like rent to be about eight percent of revenue. Mm -hmm. Um. 
if it's in New York City, a lot of times you'll hear 10%. 10% is like the absolute max. And right now it is um, about twice that, right? So, because at a, at a, you know, if you're just doing $30,000 in revenue, it's right now at about 16 or 17%. So just, because sometimes it's like, when we look at, hey, why is a business not profitable? Sometimes it's just that the the expenses are out of wax. Sometimes, but when it's when we're talking about the fixed expenses like rent, you know, we can't short of negotiating new rent or stopping paying portion of the rent. Um, right. It's hard. We have to pay our rent, so right. we sort of need to figure out: is there a way to be profitable at this level? So that's that's gonna be the first question we're gonna talk about. And if not, maybe this is a straight revenue issue. We just need to find more ways to grow the to grow the revenue here. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about your catering. So you talked about working with a couple different platforms. Talk to me about the different platforms that you're using just for catering. So we are on. You want the name of the, the platforms that we use? If, if you want to share, yeah. If you want to share that, that. All helpful. right. So we are on Cater Cow, and yep. Cater Cow is like a Monday to Friday thing because they mainly work with companies. And they do work with a lot of the schools, like the um, charter schools. We okay. do get a lot of catering from the charter schools through CaterCal. We are also on Easy Cater. Um, same thing, same type of thing. It's a lot of corporate orders um, that we get lunches. Uh, we do get some large volume orders off of Cater, off of Easy Cater. We're also on this other platform called Club Feast. They're pretty new. And we've been getting some large volume orders for Manhattan through Club Feast. Um, We also work with some of the schools. Um, We are a DOE vendor. Um, So so we do do schools that we've been working um, with over, uh, you know, a few years now. And then we have, you know, the catering that would just come in from individuals that ask Great. you know, you know for whatever so that's what so that's what i want to know eventually this is what we're drilling to so cater cow easy cater club feast those just you're listed on there and those orders will either come in or they won't come in there's there's very yeah. little that you can do to right. take action right am i understanding that right correct mm-hmm. great so for all intents and purposes we're just going to sort of park that to the side because you've done the hard work of creating a great menu and it, you'll either get picked or you know you'll get picked for the ball game or you won't get picked for the ball game there's right. very little now we can do about that we'll circle mm-hmm. back in a second because mm-hmm. there's something else i want to talk about but then when we talk about catering so really what i want to because i think that, i think you're right this is where the, it, you have the most upside and i think as you said earlier you figured out um how to do these big you know these big meals and mm-hmm. big orders and things like that um then talk to me about how do you? How did you get the school contract? How did you, you to be a DOE vendor? How did you? How did you get um, that? I think I think a young lady at my the first restaurant that I had, I believe a young lady was one of my just regular customers, but she just happened to have worked in the school system, Great. and she came one day to get her dinner and she says, you know what, do you guys do catering? And I just think that's how the conversation started. And she began to, um, you know, hire us to do her, I think it's like an after school program that they, that they were doing and the work just spread like that. Um, I need to let you know though, most 
if not all of the catering that we've done independent of the click catering platform, we have never advertised. So that's what I want to get to. So here's the thing. Here's the worst part about everything we've talked about so far that you've just, you know, you signed up with the three companies, there's, but there's, there's nothing you can do. Like there, you have no agency there, mm-hmm. which, um, which I don't love. I, I just, I'm, I'm a control freak. I like to be in control as much as possible. Um, I don't like, I don't, I don't trust that I'm just going to get picked. So you do that, you wait to get picked. Revenue is going to come in. It's, it's expensive revenue, right? Because you're paying a hefty commission yes. on all of those. Yes. The school, I love the story that somebody just loved you, but like you were, you know, you were just discovered at the, at the soda, at the soda pop fountain, you know, at the soda fountain counter, you know, you didn't, you didn't do anything aside from all the hard work of creating great right, food and taking right. care of people time after time, but you didn't do anything. So right. that's what I want to get to is understanding. And, and I have a conversation like this, um, I want to say every week or every other week uh, with my clients, which is we spend a lot of time talking about when we're talking about catering or also private dining, we talk about an inbound and an outbound strategy. And you said it, you said, we don't have a strategy. We haven't, we haven't done anything. We haven't advertised. We haven't marketed, um, which is good. I choose to see this as a good thing because you've gotten where you are having done none of it. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of opportunity here. Pop Menu has reimagined the restaurant. They're breaking the mold of the menu, taking the kitchen doors off the hinges, and serving up their most comprehensive technology solution yet, Pop Menu Max. It comes with the previous ingredients you've heard me mention on the podcast, right? Websites designed with SEO, marketing tools to keep you top of mind with guests, and of course, that patented interactive menu technology. But this new recipe brings automated phone answering to the table and third-party online order aggregation, waitlisting, and more. PopMenu's phone answering technology, for example, has your ringing phones covered. With artificial intelligence, the simple questions that keep your phone line tied up now can be handled without pulling a staff member from your in-person hospitality. It's handled by the system, by the artificial intelligence. No more missed reservations, asking for hours, or missed revenue, and that's just the beginning. You have a passion for food. Pop Menu has a passion for technology. Together, it's a recipe for restaurant success. Now, even more digital ingredients are in their technology pantry, and Pop Menu is helping restaurants attract, engage, remarket, and transact with their guests on a whole new level. Trust me, if you're a restaurant owner, you need Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, get $100 off your first month, plus you lock in one unchanging flat monthly rate. Go to popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy to claim this offer. Again, that's $100 off your first month by visiting popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy. That link is also in the show notes. Talk to me first, right? So inbound and outbound. Inbound means what happens when the phone rings and you know what are the things you do to make sure you get you bring that fish into the boat. Not just get the the hook set, but how do you get them on the boat? So that's an inbound strategy. Number one, how do you generate more calls? You know, what can we do? What can we take action on to get those calls to come in? And then what are we doing to make sure that 99.5% of the calls that come in get closed. It's closed. And then the other side is that I want to talk about an outbound strategy. And you sort of admit it that you haven't done it, so which is great because we can talk about what that might look like and how you might put that together. By the end of this call, you're going to have a really clear set of things that you can go to do that. 
let's park that for just a hot second. Mm -hmm. Let's go back and talk about your inbounds. What happens? How do people find you? Because one of the things we're going to talk about is your website. Yes. So (laughs) there is no jamatbistro.com, right? Do you have it? We had a jamatbistro.com and there was a lot of issues with it in terms of people getting on there and it's telling them, um, what was the word? It was a word that was coming up that was... uh, Saying like it's not secure or something like that? Yes, yes. And then um, I signed up with Bento Box to do the website, but then... It was like just too much money every month. Understood. Right. So here's my, do you still, you still own the domain? Yes, 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 yes. Great. So here's, here's my advice. One of the big things I, I you need to do here mm-hmm. is, is launch a new website. It doesn't have to be fancy. Here's, here's the advice I give. I love bento box. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love pop menu. There, there, there are great things out there. If, if it really is just a straight budget issue, Go to Squarespace, build a site on Squarespace yourself. It will be, I'm not even kidding, I think it's like $12 a month or $15 a month. You can just do a basic, basic thing. Now, you gotta put it together, right? So, Mm -hmm. and if you want, uh, I design sites on web, uh, I design sites for Squarespace. So if Mm -hmm. that's something you want, to do, I'm happy to talk to you. We can talk about that offline. When okay. we're not in the middle of this thing, we can talk about mm-hmm. it. Or mm-hmm. you can find somebody else, I'm sure, and I am I promise you, you are more than capable of doing it yourself because it, it's all drag and drop technology. It's okay. very, very easy to use. Some of it's a little counterintuitive because uh, it's just, you know, like anything else, once you have to get the hang of it, which is why I end up designing so many sites on that platform because there are plenty of people who are in your position that only wanna spend $15 or $20 a month for their website. And Squarespace puts out really beautiful looking templates mm. and every, it's beautiful. Okay. Um, it's, it's design first, it's very easy to use, all of that. So if you don't wanna do it, if you don't know how to do it, if you don't feel comfortable, do it. Let's talk about whether I can help you or I can point you in another direction as somebody else who can help you. Totally okay. possible. So Otherwise, Squarespace. yeah, Squarespace. So that's your that's your first action item. Um, you have to get a website up because um, so right now be- you basically have order Jamit Bistro, which is a, a slice site, right? Right. And I got rid of Slice the other day, and then. So. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you see, so here's the problem. So And so here's why everybody, and again, we're doing this in a very public forum, but for you, right. that's rented land, right? Slice, yes. and the website that you had there, was it was rented land. What yes. you need is your own real estate, um, and especially in a business, in a digital world, which is what we're in now, like it or not, you mm-hmm. said yourself, foot traffic yeah. is down, so you need web traffic. Mm-hmm. Web traffic is how you're gonna get, so, Again, I'm only saying this, your action item is go do it right now. Right. <laughs> but for the purposes of the audience listening, um, if you don't have your own website, you absolutely need one. If you don't have a good looking website, you absolutely need one. And it doesn't take a lot of effort. You can get something up in literally a day. You can spend a lot of time putting bells and whistles on it and get it up in a week. But this is not a month long or three month long project. You can do this very, very soon. When I turn around websites, I turn them around in, I always say two weeks, because it's a week to build it, 
and then we look at it, we make tweaks, you, you, you know, the client would say, I don't like this, I don't like that, can we do this, can we do, and we get a list of items that I would go back in, and I, I guarantee it's up within two weeks, right? So it's a week to do it, we come up with our notes, and then a week to put in the rest of the, you know, to put the rest of the edits in. And that's sort of like conservatively, I, I've certainly turned them around um, quicker than that. You can go on and do it yourself in, mm-hmm. in an afternoon. I have built my, my website, chipclose.com, um, which is about my coaching and my speaking gigs and um, all of that, that's built on Squarespace. I mean, like I, I tell people to do it, you know, I, yeah. I'm not only, you know, I'm not only a, uh, uh, the spokesperson, but I'm also a member, right? Like I, I believe in it and I've built dozens of websites for clients um, and, they, and they're really good stylish sites. It doesn't need to do that much. It just needs to yeah. show your food where it's, and, and it needs to be start building um, traffic towards great. it. So mm-hmm. great, that's your first item, you know that, you now have Squarespace and you now have a path forward on that. Mm-hmm. And I can do Squarespace for both the restaurant itself and the catering business separate, correct? That's, yes. that's right. So what I do, so if anybody's listening here, um, one, of my, uh, one of my clients, uh, one of my former clients, we worked together for, I don't know, two years and some change, Sunnyside Kitchen out in Escondido, California. Uh, Bob and Kate Carpenter are the husband and wife team who own it. Um, they were in my mastermind. They've appeared on this podcast. I've done a bunch of work for them. Um, if you want to go check sunnysidekitchen.com, I'll put that link in the show notes. Uh, not only for you, Dawn, I'll send this after we get off this call. Mm-hmm. Um, but anybody listening, I hope you go check it out because you'll see how their main focus is trying to drive online orders and catering. And you'll see it's all of mm-hmm. their calls to action are okay. trying to take the user to one or the other. They can both be housed on the same okay. um, on the same platform. So this goes back to my other thing is that how do you get on how do you get incoming calls? How do they know you do catering if there's nowhere in the world where they can discover that you do catering? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and how and do people find out about you? It's minuscule because um most of the calls that we get in reference to catering would either be from our current customers who just come in to get lunch that day or they happen to drive by or they're looking for, they're doing a search on Google and they may either say fusion or they may say catering or they may say Caribbean catering or something like that. And that's how yep. they would find me. Um, but 90% of the calls that we get for catering the individual is calling because they wanted us to do catering for them. Great, here's something I tell all of my clients and I'll I'll tell you here. Once you get an outbound strategy up and running and once you get a really full robust inbound strategy because it's tentative right now, Mm -hmm. it's sort of lucky. It's sort of lucky that your customers happen to need catering. But Mm -hmm. once you have a website, you can optimize for those keywords, uh, Caribbean catering and Mm-hmm. All of that, right? And uh, you know, Caribbean fusion, fusion, all of those we can sort of put into the website so that people can Google. You can then run ads. You mm-hmm. can run Facebook and Instagram ads for not a lot of money, a couple hundred bucks a month that will drive, no lie, thousands of visitors, right? Thousands of dollars in revenue, ultimately. You can run Google ads. If people are Googling, people can Google this stuff. So and let you me are going to get more and more traction. Yes, and let me tell you why I am laughing because I wanted yes. to hear, I wanted to hear you say that. Um, I'm I'm a very spiritual person, 
And I don't think things happen to us sometimes just for the sake of happening. Okay. And when I saw your email, I welcomed it and I jumped at it. I don't even think I thought twice. (laughs) I jumped at it and responded right away for this reason. And you just, you just, so a part of the confusion why people, uh, why my sale dropped a bit was because Spectrum have this program where they give small businesses who are their customer eight weeks of free commercial on their digital platform, right? Okay. So I said, oh my God, I need to get that because I can't afford to pay for it otherwise. All right? So I signed up with change over my phone from Verizon to Spectrum and I had to fight with Verizon to get my old number and they refused to give it up. Yeah, yeah. So I had to do something. I had to do everything totally new. And when your thing came, I said, oh, this guy is going to give me my roadmap <laughs> for Spectrum because I didn't know what to do, how to do, how to go about it. I don't know if you understand what I'm what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Spectrum is there waiting for my commercials. You you need somewhere to send you need somewhere to send them. So the website is your um, is the mothership. We mm-hmm. have to send people to the mothership. Mm-hmm. Once you have a website where you can, um, you know, collect inquiries, you mm-hmm. can put. I mean, you can do. Sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. You can do the spectrum advertising because you can send people there. You can do Facebook and Instagram ads, and you're right, sending them right. directly there. You can do Google ads. You can send them there. We can do direct mailers. You can mm-hmm. send them there. There's somewhere to send them. Anything we would do, as a as sort of a so that's part of an inbound strategy. Let's right. try and put something out to try to get calls in. Mm-hmm. Right, that, and that's a whole strategy on its on its own. But we need somewhere to send them. Right. So the website the website's got to be done yesterday. So that that's yeah. really your first piece, okay. and it's got to be you then connect it to your POS. Do you use a what POS do you use, and do they have online ordering attached to that? No, no, we use this POS called Cost Buckets. But today, I decided I was going to go with Clover. Someone called me from Clover. Great. So there are so many there are so many great platforms out there. So you're going to get basically you're going to you're going to connect the website. So you put the order now, Mm -hmm. you're going to click there and it's going to go to the Clover online ordering platform. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be really important. And then you're going to build out a catering page on your website that Mm -hmm. says this is what we do. This is what we specialize in it. Click here to download the menus. Here's an inquiry form, your Mm -hmm. name, your number, your uh, email address the uh, the date of the event, the number of people, where it's located and what, because what you want to be doing is you want to start collecting, you want to start Info. booking catering first part, so we call it first party, right? right Easy right. cater and, and all that yeah, are third party. Third party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We want first party ordering because we don't pay these hefty commission fees, which means we, we make much better margins on there. Right, so right, right. for all of those reasons and more, and then for very technical sort of SEO reasons, it's gonna help you. First thing you need is a website to be able to drive people to. Once you do that, then we can talk about a very modest investment, right? Couple hundred bucks. You can start off with a hundred bucks a month. You can do your spectrum free advertising. You can do a hundred dollars of Facebook advertising, a hundred bucks of Google ads. It will generate leads for you. It will generate traffic, people coming in. Again, we're now all just talking about the inbound marketing. Talk mm-hmm. to me about your email list. Do you have an email list? 
Um, we have an email list, but we don't really actively use it. Great. This is the next thing you're going to do. This is the second thing you're going to do for me. You're going to collect that email uh, list. Do you have a, like an email service provider like MailChimp or somebody you use? Yeah, we used to use um, – oh, God. What is – Constant Contact. Great. Mm-hmm. Any of these you can – they're free up to like two or 3,000 names. Mm-hmm. And after that, even up to like MailChimp up to 10,000, I wanna say, or 5,000 is like $25 or $45. I mean, it's it's a nominal fee. It's a fee, but it's a mm-hmm. nominal fee. Right. So what I want you to do is collect all of that. I want you to pick your favorite email service provider. If you liked Constant Contact, go back to them. Mm-hmm. And what I want you to do is send an email every single week. What you're trying to do is, and those people have come in probably through your catering orders, right? They've probably mm-hmm. come in through um, through the POS software, right? If anybody's, right. so you have all of that. You're constantly collecting mm-hmm. data. What I want you to do is continue to collect that once a week, I'll say every Monday morning, will you do whatever day is good for you, dump all of last week's email addresses into your email service provider, into Constant Contact. And I want you to challenge yourself to send one email a week. And I'll say two of them can be salesy. The other six should just be value-based. Yeah, okay. Here's our favorite dish, here's our signature, here's the recipe for such and such, here's here's a little bit about Dawn. Talk about the stuff that you care about. Talk about, I, I don't know, you're gonna figure it out. One of those, you're gonna talk about catering. Did you know Jamit Bistro does uh, catering? Large, small, everything. Please get in touch. Click here to learn more. You're going to click there and you're going to send them to your new web page for catering on your website. So now, all of this, right? Once you have the website, then we can do things like that. An engaged email list is, is a restaurant owner's most valuable asset. Hard stop. It's more valuable than just about anything else. As these are people who know you, who like you, and trusted you enough to come in and give their money and spend a meal with you, right? That is, that can't be overstated what a big deal that is. So you do the website, get that up and running. We can talk offline about what that looks like and the best way to execute that. Mm -hmm. You're gonna do that. Collect all those email addresses, put them into your email service provider. Again, restart that uh, account with mm-hmm. constant contact if you like, and s- challenge yourself to send one email a week and just be super friendly. You already are. You love what you do. You serve your community passionately, right? All you gotta do is talk about why you why you do what you do, why you love what you do. Talk about your family, talk every, all the stuff you told me in the beginning, mm-hmm. that can be five emails, right? You talk yeah. about your story from corporate to this mom and pop shop. Talk mm-hmm. about your family and the legacy of like this generational. Talk about sort of like everything you told me. I didn't know when you said, oh, shops like this are all over Jamaica. It's sort of, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of what you have there. Um, mm-hmm. And we wanted to do the same thing for our community. It is a, it's a meeting place. It's where the community convenes. It's where, you know, mm-hmm. my dad was the center of everything as the butcher and running mm-hmm. the small market. You know, mm-hmm. we want to be that. You just tell that story in mm-hmm. six sentences with some pretty pictures. That's worth you hitting send. And yeah. people will and people will love to get to know more about you. Because we know this, right? People don't buy from p- companies, they buy from people. People buy from people. Mm-hmm. Right? We and that's true. That's it's certainly true 
um, at the neighbor at the neighborhood level. Um, maybe that shifts when you get to you know fifty stores. Let's get let let's get this thing really solid and <laughs> right. figure out what happens at the fifty store level. But yeah. right now you have to lean you have to lean on that. Mm-hmm. Um, once we do all that, then we say okay. Once we get somewhere to send people, then we say what are all the ways that we can sort of raise get Service people's people. attention mm. to drive them in again. I would probably put a flyer or postcards in your store that talks yeah. about your catering, right? Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. you know we do catering? Mm-hmm. You know, don't you, you know, don't you, uh, do you have an event coming up? Do you, et cetera, et cetera. Right. There are so many ways that you can just talk to friendly faces before you go to cold calls. Does all that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. Great. The last thing I want to, I want to share with you today before I let you go because this has been really great and I hope you're getting value from this. I am, but I and I hope you you send it to me because I don't want to forget it. I didn't write. <laughs> I will I will send you. I know you you got to look you got to look good on camera and you're focusing and all of that. We're, right. I'm going to send you this. So usually when we do coaching calls and Don asked me before we hit record. She says, "Should, you know, should I go get something to write on because I want to make sure to take notes?" I said, "Yeah, or why don't you just be present with me and I'll send you the recording afterwards." And she said, "That would be great." So I promised her that I would send her basically a, a digital note, you know, digital notes of, of everything we talked about. But here's the last piece. When we start talking about an outbound strategy, and right. it's really important because everything we've talked about so far is really about cultivating inbounds. Right. Right. So you get a website, you, we can advertise, we can send to our list, we can put postcards up, we can, there's somewhere to send people once right. we have that. That's all inbound. We'd love to, you know, come. We're still not in control of that. We're largely not in control of that. That's that's up to somebody else deciding that they want our product. Right. When you get the outbound strategy up and running, it will account for 70% of your revenue. So when you tell me we're doing this much in catering, 15 to $20,000 on, on a normal or 10 to 15,000 on a normal month, that tells me that's about a third or a quarter of what you can be doing. And mm. I know this having done this with a lot of different restaurants, your outbound strategy will drive eventually about 70% of your catering business. So that's why we're spending this call talking about this, because you said that's where your biggest opportunity is. I 100% yeah. agree with you. Mm-hmm. When, with your outbound strategy, everything we talked about, that's your first step, second step, third step. But I want you to start thinking about the outbound. Um, and if we were to continue working together, this is right. This is how coaching works. Coaching works is that we sort of figure out where you are, figure out where you're going to be, where you want to be, and then everything you need to do to get you there. We give actionable items. You've got your uh, your first, second, and third action items here. We, we've covered that so far. And then I would normally say the next thing then we're going to do is work on outbound, but do all the stuff I just told you to, and then we'll start working. Then we'll do the next step, right? Right. Because we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Yes. I will preempt you and tell you what we're going to do with an outbound strategy is to begin again with friendly faces. So I always say, go to your network, your friends, your family, your colleagues, the people who work with the people in the neighborhood, all of that. And I always say, make a list of at least 30 people, 30 people that you could call up and say, Hey, you work at this company, right? I'm trying to expand, I'm trying to grow my catering business. Could you introduce me to, I would call them the gatekeepers. Can you introduce me to the gatekeeper, the person who's in charge of handling all the catering? 
So your next thing that you're going to do, step four, we're not going to get there yet, but I want you to know what we're going to do next. Step four is about you putting a list together of everybody who works at a company, their name, their company, and then you're going to reach out to them. And you're going to say, hey, Joe, I know you work at Ernst & Young. Can you connect me? I'm trying to grow my catering business. Could you connect me to the person who handles all your catering? Or do you know, is there an office manager or somebody who handles all the catering? Can you give me their number? Or can you send an email connecting the two of us? Right? So what you're going to do, the first step, before you do anything, mm-hmm. is just come up with a list of a bunch of people who work at a bunch of companies. This person works at this company. Just come up with the list and then we'll map out a very deliberate strategy for how we get to those gatekeepers. That is the thing. You're gonna make 30 calls or send 30 emails. You will get eight closes if you do what I will tell you to do. Mm -hmm. And then, eventually then, here's step five. After you get the one-time business, we get them all into recurring business. And you know this, because that's a big, hey, We find a lot of our clients like to have a recurring order. We'd love to put together a six-month contract where we we cater lunch every Wednesday afternoon in the office. If you do that, we can give you a 10% discount, right? That's the holy grail. That's the promised land where we're trying to get to, where you've got six-month contracts for 10 or 15 different companies, and so you're managing cash flow six months out because you've got all these running. Now, we've gotten the first three steps. That's step four and five, which we're not gonna get to yet. But you see where we can go with this, right? Yes, yes. And I actually did get a call from a principal that was referred to me this week. And she says that she's looking to set up, um, I believe it's breakfast for whatever group it is in the school, but she's looking at March, April, May, and June. Perfect. You see where this goes, right? Yes, 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 yes. Here's the next thing I'm gonna ask you, and this is gonna be hard because you work with a lot of the third party partners. You don't have the contact information for any of them, right? Yes. Great. I do. And we began the process of going into Easy Cater and actually getting out some of that information, yes. Great, so here's the last thing I'm gonna say. What I want you to do, if you're not doing this already, every day, I want you to call the catering order from the day before. Do you do this? Sometimes. All the time. All you're trying to do is call and say, hey, it's Dawn from Jamma Bistro. I just wanted to check and make sure you guys loved the meal yesterday. All you're trying to do is get them to talk about their experience, right? And it's just like my son, my son's seven. You know what they say not to do? Don't say like, hey, how was your day at school? Right, that's the one thing you're not supposed to ask them. You say, hey, did something cool happen? Hey, did something weird happen? Hey, what, you're supposed to ask these different prompt questions. All you can't ask, I just don't want you to say, how was everything? It's the only thing you can't ask. What you can ask is specifics. How was the setup? Did everything arrive? What did people love most? Was there something that people didn't love? All of that, right? What you're trying to do is get people talking. People love to talk. People love to give their opinions. You wanna get them on the phone, be friendly. You are actually, you're, you are a, a wolf in lamb's, in lamb's clothing, right? Mm-hmm. What you're doing is you're starting off, it's a customer service call, which is important. 
hey, I wanted to make sure you loved everything. You know, how was the drop off? How were the people? How did the the food was the presentation good? What did people love? You know, were you, did you not have enough of something? You know, was there something that people didn't like? We're trying to get ourselves. We're trying to make ourselves better, right? So you're trying to to do a customer service call. Mm-hmm. By the end, there's going to be a turn that you're going to do, and say that's uh, hopefully. They say, oh, no, no, we loved everything. It was such a hit. It, the people licked their plates and took the leftovers home to their family. Oh, my God, we loved you. And you're going to say, great, I'm so glad I'm so glad to hear that. You know, we're trying to grow our catering business, and I'd love the opportunity to be able to take care of you again. In fact, a lot of our clients um, like to set up, you know, recurring orders, so it's just one less thing you have to worry about. So we cater for you every Wednesday, and we'll, you know, for the next three months or the next six months something that can just take that off your plate. Right. Do you see how we're, do you see how the turn is happening yeah. here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The best part is you're just being a human being, reaching out to another human being, saying thank you for your business. I just wanted to make sure you'd love it. It's the same thing we would do if we had people come over to our house. How did mm-hmm. you like everything? You know when you host, right? I, I'm like mm-hmm. a nervous wreck. I was like, is the steak cooked okay? Do we like this? Do we like, you know, like. Right, right. You know, so it, all you're doing is the same thing. But with confidence, because your food's great and you know it's great, mm-hmm. and what you're trying to do is turn the corner, right? You're trying to turn the corner and get turn that customer service call into a sale. If you do this every single time you do catering, mm-hmm. and you call the following day to follow up and say, and do everything we just talked about, mm-hmm. your business will grow, I'm telling you, by 25% in two weeks. You, wait till you see how many of those you will close into repeat orders or recurring orders. It's so, so, so important. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. Great. So here, everything we talked about here today, this will make an immediate impact. You will see a jump in the next, there, just doing that one thing, you'll feel a jump in two weeks. You do everything that we've started talking about, not even the outbound stuff, which I said we're not gonna do yet. I just preempted you. If you do all the other stuff and we've got somewhere to send people, wait till you see what it does even in March, right? Your March and April numbers are gonna are gonna jump. That's what I want you to focus on. So usually I would say, what are your action items? You know what your action items are, right? The website, the email. The, website, the email and the um, incoming calls. And these, and these follow-up calls, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So get the website up and running. Build your email list. Once the website is up, you're going to email that list. We're going to talk about different advertising things. We're going to talk about postcards or a flyer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to call every single catering order the day after just to check yeah. in, make sure they liked it, and turn it into a sales call. Here's the last thing, and this is a great thing for us to end on. Here's a sales. My wife is in straight sales. She sells software. And uh, and her bosses are really great, and they've really and they've they've taught her quite a bit because she wasn't in sales prior to the pandemic. And one of the things they always say is it's either yes or not now. It's not yes or no. We never take no for an answer. So it's hey, I'd love to get another order on the books. We'd love to take care. We'd love to get a recurring order. They're going to say oh, I, I just don't know. I'll have to look at our budget and all that. No problem. If now's not the right time. Do you mind if I follow up again with you next? Can we follow up next week? Or do you mind if I just circle back with you in a couple of months? You just, and they're going to say, yeah, sure, you can do that because they're polite people. You just want to leave the door open. 
to be able to follow up with them at some period down the line. You have to be savage about capturing this business. And the beauty part is you're, you're nice, you're warm, you create great food, and again, we are trying to do them a service. An office manager or a principal or, or somebody who's trying to feed, they've got to, they have more important things Mm-hmm. than figuring out how they're going to feed people, where they're going to get it. Is it going to be here on time? Is people going? Are people going to like it? They've got more important thing. You're going to say, hey, you love it. You know we're reliable. We, we'd like to be reliable for you every single week so that that's one less thing on your plate. Can we do that? Like, will you let me help you? And that's the very definition of being in service. You are providing a service for someone. Yes, you're providing food. You're feeding them. But we're providing a service. We're taking things off their plate that's your plan for moving forward, right? So then I would give you a timeline. And if we were to be coaching, right, on a, on a regular basis, um, I would say, great, what can you get done by next week? What can you get done two weeks from now? And we would come up with things. So I'm gonna, we're gonna set up a call two more weeks. We're not gonna record it. You and I are gonna set up a call two more weeks so we can touch base about where you are with this. And so I want you to think after this, because again, we're gonna, I'm gonna send you the recording, you're gonna look at notes. Um, you're gonna look at your notes basically, and you're gonna figure out what can you accomplish in two weeks, right? In a week, in a two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Doesn't do you any good to procrastinate. And this is right. the part of the urgency that comes from coaching, right? Is that like, just do it now. You're the, you're the one who stands to benefit from, from getting it done. Cool? Cool. Do all that for me? Great. Yeah. Um, I love it. Again, I lived in I lived in Midwood for Midwood, Brooklyn for eight years. My son went to school in uh, on Cortellu, did uh, did preschool oh. and pre K there, and uh, and we we got to know we got to know the Caribbean uh, the Caribbean cuisine very very well. Everybody, all the ladies who took care of him, fed mm-hmm. him very 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 well. And uh, so, listen, I-, I wish you luck. We can do this. There's very specific, tangible things you can do. Mm-hmm. to make a difference, to, to influence and affect the revenue that you bring in, right? Okay. That's what we got to do next. Okay, okay. You're going to do that, and we're going to follow up in two weeks. Don, listen, I appreciate you being game for this. Um, <laughs> anything else, uh, anything else, any questions you have about any of that? No, I think, it was very, I think it was very clear um, in terms of what needs to be done. And, uh, you know, the statement, don't procrastinate because I am the one who's going to um, benefit. Yes. Uh, and That's I'm it. glad that you've took the time to really um, make this more of a coaching session rather than just a question and interview Good. type. <laughs> I, this is the first time I've done it. And I really hope uh, I really hope it takes off and, and other people um, and other people choose to do it as well, because I, I've loved this. Listen, I had a blast. Um, I appreciate taking time out of your day, and I hope you got a ton of value from this. And again, we'll circle back in a couple weeks and follow up on your action items. Don, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Have a great evening. Thank you. You too. Now, again, I want to thank Dawn for uh, taking the time out of her day, for trusting me in this process, uh, because it's very uncomfortable. It requires a certain amount of intimacy um, to say, hey, this is what's not working, and I don't know what else to do, and, and to simply ask for help. It's the best part of the mastermind uh, that I run. It's the best part of 
any coaching is that everybody I work with is, is sort of raising their hand and saying, I need help. It requires a great deal of humility. I, I try to return that same thing because I don't know all the answers. I never profess to, um, but I've been doing this for a long time and I have insights and, and I have experiences that I can pull from, which is what I tried to do today. And hopefully we've uh, left Dawn's business in a better place than when she came to us. And again, the whole point of uh, coaching is that it requires action. There were there were clear, specific, actionable steps she could take to solve this problem. Now, maybe you don't have the same problems that uh, Dawn does, but I'm guessing plenty of the listeners out there, plenty of you are dealing with something here. The same framework I started to establish for Dawn um, will help you if you're trying to grow your catering or uh, private dining or, or, or many, many different aspects of your business. Again, it's thinking in terms of an inbound and an outbound strategy. I hope you got a lot of value out out of this episode. Again, I want to remind you uh, that if you want to uh, learn more about the P3 Mastermind program that I run, the best way to get started is to set up a free call with me by visiting restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Again, I'll learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll get to ask some questions about the program to see if you're a good fit for the program. It's absolutely free. There are no strings attached, certainly no pressure to join us. If you feel like it's not a good fit, hopefully you'll at least come away from that strategy session, which is basically a 30-minute coaching call. Hopefully you'll come away with some action items, things that you can put into practice right away. And if you feel like you do want ongoing support, that's what the program is there for. Uh, Again, I appreciate you guys being here and I will see you next time.